Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you with us on this Monday. Hope everyone had a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving weekend. Everybody was safe. And uh, it is uh, great to be back on this uh, Monday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Busy weekend in the world of sports. Not necessarily a very productive one. Uh, the Bruins lost a couple of games over the weekend to Detroit and the Rangers. That uh, Black Friday game uh, at the Garden against Detroit, Bruins uh, were soundly thrashed by the Red Wings. And then they went to Madison Square Garden the next day and lost. But uh, they will be back in action tonight in uh, beautiful downtown Columbus, Ohio, although I've never been there, uh, to take on the uh, Blue Jackets of Columbus. Uh, Celtics blew a big lead Friday and lost in Orlando. They did, however, uh, get back on the winning track uh, last night at uh, TD Garden, 113-103 over Atlanta. Jason Tatum, 34 points. Jalen Brown, 21. Derek White, 15 points, 11 assists, 15 rebounds for Al Horford. And Celtics won despite uh, the fact that uh, Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday were both on the sidelines with injuries. Celtics will play their final in-season tournament game before they go on to the next stage of the in-season tournament tomorrow night against the Bulls at the Garden. Don't ask me to explain it. It's too complicated. There are so many scenarios in this in-season tournament, first ever, that the NBA has played. But at any rate, we'll see how far the Celtics progress, if they progress at all, in the in-season tournament. And, of course, there's the Patriots. And they went down to the Meadowlands yesterday. Nobody knew until the game started. It was a deep, dark secret who would start a quarterback for the Patriots. And guess who they trotted out? Mac Jones started the game at quarterback for the Patriots on Sunday, and threw just two interceptions in the first half, pretty much par for the course for Mac Jones. Uh, but they were two bad interceptions, I'll tell you that, two bad ones. Uh, and he was pulled after the first half. Bailey Zappi came in, and uh, at the start of the third quarter, Patriots uh, had a nice march downfield and actually scored a touchdown, believe it or not. They scored a touchdown. And... Zappi put them in position to tie the game late. I mean, late, late in the fourth quarter. But Chad Ryland, their kicker, who has been uh, uh, quite a bit short of sensational in his uh, rookie season with the Patriots, he missed a 35-yard field goal, which for most NFL kickers is a chip shot. Uh, there were no weather issues. There was a, a slight Slight rain in New York, but uh, no severe weather issues. And he missed that 35-yard field goal. Good snap. Just missed it to the left. And the Patriots lost 10-7 to 
to the New York Giants. Patriots dropping to two and nine. Two and nine on the season. Why didn't they keep Nick Folk as their kicker? Never got that one. Nick Folk, one of the most consistent kickers in NFL history. They let him go in favor of this rookie, unproven rookie that they drafted in the fourth round, Chad Ryland. Oh, well, I, I guess their pursuit, pursuit of the uh, number one draft pick is still alive. Uh, after falling to 2-9, and nine, they'll take on the L.A. Chargers Sunday in Foxborough. Chargers lost to Baltimore. The Ravens 9-3 and three best in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens, best team right now record-wise in the AFC at 9 up and 3 down. And uh, the greatest game of the day uh, was actually played in Philadelphia where the Eagles went to... Uh, at 11 and 1 on the season now? Are they 11 and 1 or 10 and 1? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll, I'll have it for you in a second. But, anyways, they, they won yesterday in a, a classic overtime game with the Buffalo Bills. 37 to 34 was the final score in that one in overtime as the Eagles uh, came back to win that one. And uh, what a game it was. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And the Eagles lead the all of football with a record of 10 and 1. 10 wins and one loss. The Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, they are the best team in football, best team in the NFC, of course. And the best team in the AFC, as we mentioned right now, is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, in men's soccer on Sunday, UNH lost to Clemson 1-0 in the third round of the NCAA tournament. We had uh, head coach Mark Hubbard on last week to uh, talk about their great season, which they had, and uh, certainly kudos to uh, the UNH men's soccer team. They had an outstanding year, but it came to an end yesterday at Wildcat Stadium as they dropped a 1-0 decision to Clemson. So they finished the year at 13, 3, and 4. But there was a story that surfaced on uh, Fan Nation uh, yesterday. Question is, now this is the article now. I'm reading verbatim the article uh, by Scott Neville. Will the Boston Red Sox come out of nowhere and sign arguably the most intriguing free agent in Major League Baseball? The Red Sox have not been deemed frontrunners for two-way sensation Shohei Otani, but they have been regularly noted as in the mix. MLB.com listed Boston as one of the three dark horse destinations to land the generational talent alongside the Toronto Blue Jays and the Atlanta Braves. I would rule out Toronto. And I, and I say that because the tax situation is very complicated uh, when you play for a Canadian team. And uh, he's going to be making a lot of money anyway, so a few extra million uh, for taxes probably wouldn't bother him. But uh, I think uh, the, the fact that uh, the tax situation is somewhat complex, 
it's very difficult for Canadian teams, whether it be uh, the, the Blue Jays or all the hockey teams that are in Canada, uh, to sign uh, a free agents because of that tax situation. But uh, Mark Feinsand of MLB.com wrote, and I quote, Otani is said to love hitting at Fenway Park, and in his two career starts at Fenway, he's allowed one run while striking out 14 over nine innings. Just as Heim Bloom's tenure was defined by his early trade of Mookie Betts, perhaps Craig Breslow's run as chief baseball officer will be launched by the signing of the two-time American League Most Valuable Player, Shohei Otani. Folks, don't count on it. It would be wonderful. Don't, don't get your hopes up too high. But wouldn't that be something to see Shohei Otani in the uniform of the Boston Red Sox? Of course, uh, of course he went uh, underwent surgery on his elbow. And he will not pitch. He will not be able to pitch in the 2024 season, regardless uh, of where he lands uh, as a free agent. But he is said to uh, be able to continue in 2025, both his pitching and hitting duties. So one year he would just be a hitter, but then the next year and uh, in the years to follow, he would be what he has been, and that is uh, baseball's unicorn, a pitcher and a designated hitter. So we'll see. It says, in a normal year, it would be logical to assume that the Red Sox go all in for Otani. However, Boston is starved for high-end pitching and might not be willing to wait around to get it. With Otani not returning to the mound until 2025, the Red Sox might have to invest the bulk of their resources in the pitching staff. I think Red Sox fans, speaking as a member of Red Sox Nation for a long time now, over 60 years, I would say I would sacrifice that one year of, of Otani pitching to have him in a Red Sox uniform. What do you think? I would sacrifice. Even the Red Sox finished last. We're used to that now. We're used to the Red Sox finishing last. They've done it three out of the last four years. So one more last place finish uh, with, with Otani. I'll, I'll take that. Knowing that he'd pitch in 2025. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right after these words. We'll talk some Hockey East with our good friend John Leahy. And then coming up, we will uh, talk a little bit later on in the show about Operation Santa Claus, which is ongoing in the state of New Hampshire. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. It is Kale and Company live on this Monday, post-Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. Our Hockey East guru, John Leahy joins us. Uh, John, uh, good Monday morning to you. Ken, good morning. Hope all is well. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I certainly did. I hope you did as well. And uh, I know it was a great weekend in, in college hockey. But uh, before that, I, I want to make an announcement, a couple of them. Uh, first of all, 
that John Leahy will be returning with his ukulele on Wednesday, December the 6th, folks. Circle your calendar right now because it's next week. John Leahy, December 6th, open mic at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord. So John, John will be making his debut at the beautiful Bank of New Hampshire stage with great acoustics, a great place to uh, watch any type of a show or an open mic night. So, John, uh, that that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, from what you've told me, Ken, it sounds like a really terrific place to play. Uh, I, I know that we've had other plans in the past when we've come to Concord, and uh, we're waiting to see what those plans will entail. But uh, in the meantime, you know, always look for a, a great place to play, and I'm looking forward to making the trip north next week. All right. So, folks, John Leahy, December 6th, uh, one week from uh, this Wednesday. John also, uh, by the way, uh, I think you may have mentioned it last week, but we'll mention it again, uh, has an Internet radio station. You have something uh, special coming up on that, too. Yeah, on the 20th of December, I'm going to put together a little uh, concert, if you will. And uh, you'll be able to hear it on my internet radio station, which you can find at johnrlahey.com. There's a menu up on top. It uh, says the word more. And if you click on that, then you'll see the option for internet radio. And I'll be doing some Christmas songs. So uh, I've done this on Facebook in the past, but uh, I'm trying to get some traction for the internet radio station. So if you tune in on the 20th at 7 o'clock, you'll be able to hear that show. And uh, you can access... Uh, the uh, event on my calendar, which is on the website as well. So uh, if you also click on that More tab, you can see Calendar of Events, and uh, just choose the month of December, and you'll see it right there. You can click on the event and get more information about it. Outstanding. And I know uh, if if you don't have it up there already, you will have the announcement about the uh, Bank of New New Hampshire stage event, too. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, that's actually actually on the uh, calendar on the website. So if you go and... uh, you go to the uh, calendar, you can uh, just click on it, and you'll see the information about it. Uh, again, that's at johnrlahey.com. Thanks, Ken. And and you did a football game uh, Thanksgiving Day. Well, I was hoping to do a football uh, oh, game. Oh, you hoping to? <laughs> uh, we got to the venue. We were all set up and good to go, and I uh, launched the broadcast, and I discovered that there was a uh, Internet uh, firewall, security firewall in the press box. Oh boy! And so uh, oh, that boy. Did, that did, uh, that blocked us from uh, doing the game. So oh, had to scramble, man. scramble, uh, had to scramble a little bit. But uh, the uh, folks from Canton who were doing the game on uh, television, we hooked up with YouTube Live and we did the game on YouTube Live. So uh, it's available for anybody who wants to see it on uh, YouTube. So. Hate hate those firewalls, man! Oh man! But yeah, uh, you know, I, I probably should have done a, a dry run beforehand. I went to the. I went to the stadium and checked the Wi-Fi ahead of time, and I learned a lesson. Just because you have the Wi-Fi connection, Ken, that doesn't mean you're going to get on the air. You have to do the dry run, and uh, so we unfortunately found out too late that the firewall prevented us from doing the game. So live and learn, I think. I I guess so. Well, sorry to hear that. But uh, at any rate, it was another busy hockey weekend for you, and, and a very productive one, too, for the Merrimack College Warriors. Well, not only was it a productive weekend for Merrimack, but it was a productive weekend for the whole league. And uh, these non-league games are so critical because it really helps in the national picture when it comes to 
the end of the year and the, the playoffs and the pairwise, which is the uh, calculation that you look at to get into the national tournament. So uh, Merrimack was successful. They played in the Turkey Leg Classic, the second uh, uh, installment of that tournament, if you will. And uh, Merrimack played a couple of Atlantic hockey foes, uh, two very uh, tough opponents in Army and Bentley. Merrimack went down 2 nothing. Uh, to Army and then battled back uh, with five second-period goals for a 7-3 win. And then a really hard-fought win over a very good Bentley team on Saturday as uh, the Warriors won 4-3. to But uh, taking a look at uh, last week, you know, the only team on the men's side in Hockey East that had a losing record was UMass Lowell, who lost both of the games they played also against uh, Bentley and Army. They're part of that Turkey Lake Classic, but... Uh, Vermont and Maine were idle, but everybody else was 500 or over. So uh, these non-league games are important. You have to win them, Ken, and uh, the, the men did very well for themselves. Yeah, they, they sure did. And uh, and and as you mentioned, uh, Hockey East uh, really dominated uh, the ECAC and their other opponents uh, over the weekend. And uh, the UNH, well, they were on the road in uh, Rochester, New York, and uh, split a pair of games with uh, RIT. Yeah, UNH uh, lost a tough one on Friday, but uh, they were able to bounce back with a late goal, and uh, they picked up a win. So uh, the Wildcats 7-3-1 and one in their first 11 games. UNH uh, is tied for third right now with Boston College, uh, both with 13 points. Uh, but uh, pretty productive weekend for the Wildcats. And they had the border battle coming up this weekend, Ken. They have one game up at Alphonse Arena in Maine. And as someone who has already seen the Maine Black Bears this season, uh, this main team is awfully good, and they especially play well at home. Uh, the NATO oh, yeah. brothers are, are terrific. That top line that Maine has is one of the uh, top ones in the country with Lyndon Breen on it as well. So uh, that's always a tough battle going up there. So UNH Maine, that's going to be a real treat. And and you know, uh, you well know, John, how, how much the fans get into it at Alphonse Arena in or in Orono, Maine. So yeah. uh, fans yep. play a big part, too. Yeah, I've been up there many times to do games. <laughs> it's quite the uh, environment, quite the experience. I love it. Uh, Merrimack will uh, be seeing one of the top uh, players in the country uh, this weekend. Friday night, the Boston University Terriers come to town, and we'll get to see the heralded freshman, Macklin Celebrini, uh, who uh, is sure to be an NHL pick, maybe even a first-rounder. Wow. So, uh, Merrimack will play the team that uh, beat them for the Hockey's Championship last year, and it'll be a home-and-home with BU, so uh, Merrimack had best be ready. And uh, I wanted to mention uh, a UNH player by the name of Cy LeClaire, a sophomore out of Brentwood, New Hampshire, and uh, he he scored the the game-winning goal Saturday in overtime for the the Wildcats at uh, RIT. He also had another goal uh, in that game. He now has seven on the season, and uh, he is the grandson of uh, New Hampshire legend of hockey, uh, Rene LeClaire. So Asai LeClaire is making uh, a lot of noise as a sophomore for the UNH Wildcats. Yeah, he's a terrific player. Uh, he had some big goals for the Wildcats last year. I, I know he put a dent in Merrimack as well. So uh, they've got something special in him. He's just only going to get better. His natural skill. Uh, really enjoy watching him play. And I'm hoping when the time comes, uh, Merrimack and kind of find a way to keep him quiet because uh, he he can definitely disrupt the game. So he's a he's a big, big weapon for Mike Souza. Yep, no no question about that. Well, uh, how about the women's side, John? I know it's kind of a light weekend for them. 
Yeah, it was a late weekend, but uh, you know the the women had a great uh, week as well. You take a look at what happened uh, over the past week. Again, there was only one team that had a losing record, and that was Boston College. They played uh, just the one game, but uh, UConn remains in first. Uh, Huskies uh, up by two over Boston College. Vermont continues to be strong, and uh, Northeastern uh, they're starting to turn it around a little bit. Huskies had a big win. Uh, over Boston College this past weekend. So uh, that's going to help them build a lot of confidence. But, uh, again, you know, most of the teams were either 1-0 or 2-0, and you had a couple of splits in there as well. UConn and Boston University had splits as well as uh, Northeastern. So, uh, again, the, the uh, women had a fantastic week. Uh, UConn surges to the top. Huskies have won nine of their last ten, and uh, they will host the Merrimack women on Friday night. All right, Hockey East Guru John Leahy with us. Don't forget to circle that calendar. We'll remind you again uh, when John joins us next week. But December 6th, open mic at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord. John Leahy will be in attendance with his ukulele. So, John, we look forward to that and uh, look forward to having you back on next Monday. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Have a great week. You as well, John. Thank you. Thank you very much. John Leahy with us, as he is every Monday, recapping the happenings uh, in Hockey East. We'll take a break, and then we'll talk about Operation Santa Claus right here on WKXL, NHtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we are presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, joining us in studio is uh, Pam Matat. Pam, good morning to you. Great to have you with us. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for having us here. Well, we are uh, very happy to talk about Operation Santa Claus. And I just want to read... uh, Uh, A little paragraph here. Every year since 1960, SEA, the State Employees uh, Association, and SEIU Local 1984's volunteer-led Operation Santa Claus program has ensured gifts are provided to New Hampshire children in need regardless of circumstances. And uh, you have been uh, helping Operation Santa Claus, you, you told me just a moment ago, since 1980. Yes, since 1980. And, and when you say 1980, to me, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. That's 43 years. Yes. <laughs> you must have started when you were two, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, tell us about how, how you first got involved with the Operation Santa Claus. Okay. My first venture was uh, I, at work. They asked for some money. For, you know, They told me a little bit about Operation Santa Claus and asked me if I could collect m- money in the bureau that I was working for. So I said, sure. So I went around, collected some money, you know, and brought it up to them. The next year, um, they asked if I could do that again, but would I be willing to shop for some children? So I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it just kept kind of going from there. You know, at one point to raise funds, it'll, it'll seem strange, but back before recycling was popular, um, I had set up recycling bins for cans. Ah, okay. um, 
people weren't real, you know, they, you know, they didn't realize what cans, you know, how right. we did it. Yeah. Um, but we'd end up, you know, saving them and then taking them down to a recycler, and we'd, I'd collect money for it. And back then, it was only $20 a child, and I ended up raising you know, enough money to sponsor five children from just the cans. Wow, very good. So that was your first foray uh, into uh, collection. Then you said $20 per child. I'm sure that cost has escalated, and I'm sure the amount of children that need to be served has uh, gone up as well. Yes. Uh, we Last year we did almost 3,000 children. Wow. And these are children throughout, you know, throughout New Hampshire that um, – you know, they come to us from the health and human services system. These are uh, children, you know, disadvantaged children that um, are in need of some holiday help. Yeah. Um, we, we end up, uh, the caseworkers for Ham- New Hampshire, Hos- excuse me, New Hampshire Health and Human Services um, go through and provide us with the children. These caseworkers know the children, know the circumstances, mm-hmm. um, and give us, you know, a case sheet, which gives us a little bit of family history, um, tells us a little bit about the child, and then it lists needs and wants. Um, so it's great when we do get them, but it's, you know, it's, it can be overwhelming trying to get oh, all these sure. children sponsored. I, I, I'm sure, and I, I'm sure the uh, the numbers on that list go up uh, every year, as do the costs of, of getting them uh, what they need and what they, what they would like for the holidays. Money doesn't go very far nowadays. That's um, true. You know, try buying for a teenager, you know, on seventy five dollars. You know, yeah. that need a pair of jeans, that need this, um, would like, you know, a certain game. Um, you know, we try to, you know, we try to do the best we can, but we're in desperate need of sponsors and donors. So uh, how can people get involved? It's, it's not too late. It's still, you know, late November. There are still several weeks uh, before Christmas. So what's, what's the best way that people can get involved? Um, we do have a website that they can go to, which is, let me see, um, operationsantanh.org, um, or to call 603-271-6530. Um, we're, we go up until, well, our last day for collection is December 6th. Oh. Um, we go through... Um, and we we end up because at that point then we have to do final inventory in case you know somebody didn't a child didn't get sponsored, and then we go through and National Guard helps us deliver the gifts to the different district offices throughout New Hampshire. Yeah, I was wondering how uh, things got distributed, uh, and, and this is a statewide venture. Yes, it is. And uh, f- for years, uh, the State Employees Association has been uh, very much behind this and. Uh, they have done an amazing job. But what other organizations uh, have, have taken part over the years? Um, you had mel- mentioned Delta Dental. Delta yeah. Dental does. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had insurance companies. Uh, we've had Bishop Brady High School. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's a, lot of, and there's a lot of small businesses like around Concord that go through and sponsor children. So as it spreads, you know, we're hoping to get the word out more and more. So when you get this list now, how many children were served last year? Uh, we did like 3,000 children 3, last 000. year. 3,000, wow. Um, and unfortunately, because of donations and stuff, we've had to reduce the children. Because um, you know, last year it was $80 per child. Now it's $75 per child. And we're doing about 2,000 this year. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, as the as the costs go up, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to cut back unless uh, more people step forward, more companies, more civic organizations and and individuals. You can use the help of all of them. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of individuals. We have a lot of small businesses, you know, and some larger businesses in the high school. Um, so, you know, and the thing is, too, they can send, they could donate money, you know, if they don't have, you know, the full 75, they could donate $20, you know, any amount, or they could go with other people and sponsor a child, you know, like different groups at work and stuff like that. Um, we have been very thankful for both, you know, the state of New Hampshire commissioners and employees for all that they have done in these past years. And we're so thankful for all the sponsors and donors that we've had. Um, without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. So, w- when you first started uh, doing this back in when you did it, uh, Pam, starting in 1980, mm-hmm. what was the amount per child? It was twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Uh, okay. And now it's it was eighty last year, down to seventy five uh, this year, and you cannot serve as many this year as you did last year. That's correct. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, I know the cost of living has been rising yeah um so i mean it's harder for people you know to donate and i understand that um but you know in our mission it'd be like it'd be nice for a child at least once a year to have their dream come true you know and it, it to me it's very very important i can't imagine a child sitting under a christmas tree and nothing there or not even having a christmas tree you know so like i said it's needs and wants yeah, uh, absolutely. So an individual listening to this show right now, say they're just sitting at home or driving in their car, however they're listening, uh, what's the, the best thing uh, they can do if they, if they want to help Operation Santa Claus? Either sponsor a child or donate funds because we again we can put funds together you know to sponsor a child. Um, we do have we do have volunteer shoppers although we are still looking for volunteers for uh-huh. Operation Santa Claus. It's a massive program that starts you know beginning January sure. and we work throughout the year. Yeah, um, we did have well we was, had planned a, a fundraiser but it didn't end up working out but we ended up um, doing a uh, market days and spread spread the word that way so we are looking for ways to fundraise so that we can raise more money for operation santa claus and again the the website is operation santa nh.org and uh, we will put that up uh, on our website and uh, and uh, try to help you out in that way or is there a number that uh, people can call i know you gave one earlier but okay we'll okay it's 603 yeah. 271-6530 Six five three zero, and uh, there are many, many uh, deserving children out there throughout the state of New Hampshire that could uh, certainly use your help. Uh, at at this point, uh, uh, do you prefer cash over product? If somebody has a product that they could donate, would that work as well? Um, depending on the type of product that yeah. it is, again. You know, we get at this point we're getting down so that money is probably the best option. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, for fundraising and stuff, it would be great throughout the year to donate something so that we could do you know to do some fundraising. Yeah. But at this point, it'd be better to donate funds or sponsor a child um, so that we could go through and get these children their you know their needs and wants. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but you can think about it. You know, I hope you can donate right now uh, because time is running short for this year. But think about it for the future as well, uh, because this will continue for many, many years to come. And uh, you can get involved that way, get your business involved, get your uh, family involved, your community organization, whatever it might be, for uh, Operation Santa Claus. And again, we'll put the, uh, the the website and the phone number up on uh, our website in just, uh, just a short time. But uh, Pam, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate it, Operation Santa Claus. Pam Matat uh, from Operation Santa Claus, been doing it now for uh, 43 years. She has. The organization has been around for 63 years. Correct. But you've been around for most of it, and we applaud what uh, what you have done uh, over the years uh, for for the youngsters throughout the state of New Hampshire. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. Glad you could make it this morning. I was glad I had the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Have a great holiday. You too. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. We welcome you back, Kale and Company, live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, Pam Matat is with us from Operation Santa Claus. And uh, before the break, we didn't really have an opportunity to talk about uh, where these children are from, how you select these uh, these youngsters, and a lot of them are from uh, pretty tough circumstances that's correct um, the children come the children are from the health and human services system if a child is receiving some kind of state service then the caseworkers have the have the ability to put them on operation santa claus the caseworkers have a lot of children but they select the most i'm going to say the most needy um, for operation santa claus um, these children, under you know, no circumstances of their own, um, end up needing these kind of services. We've had grandparents, great grandparents, great aunts um, raising children. We've had where the, you know, the mother, the father have passed away. Uh, parents are incarcerated, um, or end up in foster homes or facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so these children, you know, they really some of them don't have any other. Yeah thing other than Operation Santa Claus. Now, now bear that in mind. I mean, so many of us are, are blessed to have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, relatives and uh, great parents and, and what have you. But uh, there are uh, a lot in our population these days that don't uh, have have that. And uh, to make those children, you know, happy, if, if just for, you know, a little while around the holidays with, with a gift, uh, you know, uh, you know something that they they've wanted, uh, and it, it you know it, it can be uh, you know anything from what you know a baseball glove to may, maybe a video game or or something like that. But uh, you know it would certainly make their holiday, and uh, it, that is the holiday spirit. That really uh, you know is is what the holiday spirit should be is uh, making others happy. That uh, uh, really. Uh, for the most part, uh, are you know, uh, you know, in in a situation where you know they they can't get exactly what they want, 
like like so many kids out there, they, they get a lot of stuff for Christmas, and we don't have to worry about them. But these are the the most uh, you know the the most uh, challenged uh, families in the state in in terms of uh, you know their 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 wealth, their the fact that uh, you know one of the parents may be in jail, uh, you know, or one of the parents or both of the parents are deceased. Uh, there are so many circumstances, and to make uh, these children. Uh, you know, uh, smile for just a little while would, would be terrific. I know that this makes my Christmas. Every Christmas morning I wake up and in my mind I'm seeing all these little children smiling because what they, you know, what Santa Claus brought them. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that makes my Christmas just knowing I'm able to help. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times too, we end up like one of the, uh, one child this year is asking for a particular like tunnel because mm-hmm. he has. Um, mobility issues so physical therapy is kind of requesting this Mm -hmm. we've had them where they've asked for um, other kinds of toys we because a lot of well not only are the children disadvantaged but we also have some that have disabilities Mm -hmm. you know um, autistics speech um, you know mental health so I mean we end up receiving you know children that need assistance you know, one time a mother asked for water because her daughter needed a particular water because of her daughter's health concerns. You know, so, I mean, it, it's not just toys. Right. It's also, you know, to help, help them to survive. Necessary supplies yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, as I understand it, this all stays in New Hampshire. This is completely... New Hampshire. Yes, this is New Hampshire, whether it's all the way up in what, Pittsburgh, yeah. all the way down south with Salem, Nashua. It's all within New Hampshire borders. And we have like 10 district offices, Health and Human Services district offices throughout the state. And that's where we get these children are from all these things. And another thing is that most of our sponsors come from Concord. Oh. You know, even though the children come throughout the state. Yeah. Most of them come from Concord. I don't think we're doing a good enough word getting out what Operation Santa Claus is about. Well, uh, we certainly, uh, you know, are happy to hear that the Concord businesses and community organizations are generous, but we would like uh, uh, the rest of the state to step up uh, as well. We have a great signal now uh, into Manchester. So, Manchester, we challenge you uh, to get involved. Uh, more than you are in uh, Operation Santa Claus, and there's still time to do it. I mean, you, you say December 6th, so that's next week. Uh, so there's uh, just a little over a week to step up and and do it this year. And if you can't do it this year, well, then, you know, maybe you can get started next year. But the immediate goal is this year, and you still have eight days to do it. And it takes like three minutes to write out a check. So <laughs> that's correct. I mean, we'll be doing deliveries. It's uh, no, December 13th. National okay. Guard will pick them up and go to deliver. Um, last year and again this year, uh, Berlin, they ended up flying the helicopter up with the gifts. Really? Yeah. Wow. I tried talking them into letting me go, but. You, d- you uh, didn't make the trip in the helicopter, huh? No, I tried sneaking in, but. Uh, you know. have, have you made deliveries over the years? I have not. Yeah. We do not. We do not know these children. Okay. And, you know, when we don't really want to, we want to give them their privacy. Yeah. So, I mean, I have heard from a couple adults 
later on in life that um, they were part of received Operation Santa Claus and how thankful and what Operation Santa Claus did for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, that's the thing, too, is hopefully, you know, we're making them realize how caring people are. And even though we don't know you, we care about you. Right. You know. Um, but but these are, uh, are all uh, youngsters that have uh, had something to do with health and human services. And uh, they know exactly uh, where they are and uh, what the needs are in that particular household uh, for these youngsters. So. Uh, you know, it's a very carefully screened process. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, we go through and we try to make sure that they're not receiving services elsewhere. And a caseworker does a lot of control on that so that we get to like the most neediest. I'm not saying mm. that correctly, but the children yeah. that need the most and are the disadvantage, you know, and it's under no circumstances of their own. They have not. All they did was be born. Yeah. So sometimes I, I know there must be hard decisions to make if the revenue is not there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, it bothers us when you, you know, I mean, when you look at these case sheets and read some of the stories, it's like, you know, how how, how can this be? You yeah. know, you you want to sit there and scoop them up and, and you know, do all of them, and, yeah. you know, and financially – you're not able to. Yeah, it can be heartbreaking for sure. Oh, yeah. No no doubt about that because obviously some decisions have to be made if, if uh, you know, the cash uh, is not there. Uh, so, folks, just do what you can. Uh, there's no uh, minimum uh, donation to make. Give what you possibly can and help out these youngsters throughout uh, the state of New Hampshire, even though most of the money, we understand, is coming from the Concord area. Uh, but this goes to, uh, you know, every part of the state. And, uh, you know, make make the decisions easier for Operation Santa Claus by uh, donating just just what you can. Uh, you know, whether it's 10 bucks, whether it's 50, whether it's 100, uh, it would be terrific. Anything you can possibly do to, uh, to sponsor one of these children uh, it would be, I think it would make your Christmas a better one, knowing that you've made... A youngster happy somewhere in the state of New Hampshire. You'll you'll never know uh, who you help, but uh, you, you'll have that good feeling that that someone's Christmas was made a lot better by your donation. So so do that, and uh, you can fundraise at work if you still have the time to do that, or uh, you know all, all different ways. When you log on to uh, the website again is Operation Santa NH. Dot org, and you can lo- log on right now. Find out how you can donate, but just just please, you know, do what you can. That that's all we can ask. Yes, it, whatever you can do is very much appreciated. A- absolutely so, and we appreciate all you've done uh, over your forty-three years, Pam. <laughs> Pam Matat from uh, Operation uh, Santa Claus. Thanks again. We we appreciate it for all you do and for everyone. Uh, who donates to the cause and works behind the scenes to to make this happen for the past, what, uh, 63 years that uh, Operation Santa Claus has uh, has been uh, serving the entire state of Concord. So thanks, Pam, and uh, thanks to all who uh, help out and, and make a donation to a terrific cause. That'll do it for this edition of uh, Kale & Company. Tomorrow... We are going to unveil, and I think 
It may be a world premiere, or at least a New Hampshire premiere, of a new Christmas song. Right here, tomorrow morning, Kale & Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. And remember, folks, to always look on the bright side of life.